0: have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 10 this morning, or if you're getting there with your smartphone or whatever, go to Acts chapter 10, because I'm not going to put every scripture up on the, the uh, PowerPoint, uh, just as some of them, and, uh, but that's going to be our main scriptures today, is out of Acts chapter 10. Um, but I, I want to share a word from Dutch Sheets about the, uh, the election that's going on. And that just happened, uh, the midterms. And last Sunday, if you weren't here, I encourage you to get the message. I I talked about, you know, uh, voting as a Christian. It was God and country, and it's one of our responsibilities. A very important reminder, and this is from Dutch Sheets. He says, a very important reminder from this election is that nothing can save America other than a third great awakening. The red wave that we need is not Republican, it's Jesus. Please hear that. That's what we need. Yes, do we need to be responsible and vote and put good people in office? Yes. But government cannot save us, education cannot save us, and noble plans and wise strategies cannot save us. Too many in our nation have seared consciences and deceived minds, which only a transformation of the heart can change. This doesn't mean we don't organize vote work to change the educational system, government, etc., it means none of those things will be enough without millions of Americans being born again. Their conscience must be resurrected. I read something the other day or this week, an article that said they did a Gallup poll, and uh, only 20% of Americans even read the Word of God during the week. Brought to life... It says their consciences must be resurrected brought to life and their minds must be influenced by the holy spirit a generation has been completely programmed that ple- that the pleasing of self is what matters most abandon or destroy anything that opposes this they have been told that we are our own god can make up our own rules do as we please and that god is either irrelevant or non-existent only the holy spirit from the inside out can change this God's promise regarding the restoration of America as his instrument in the coming worldwide harvest hasn't changed. This is our calling and cause. We must not waver. Hell opposes us, but its gates, schemes, plans, actions won't prevail over us. Our leader is king, lord, and creator, and owner of the earth. His name is Jesus. His authority is above all. His power is limitless. His spirit is with us. His angels are assisting us. And we always triumph through our Messiah and king. Persevere, church. Dutch Sheets. I thought that was really good. So we need a red wave of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. We need that third great awakening. And that's why um, we have been in this book of Acts, you know, for quite a while. We're going to stay in it. I feel the Holy Spirit is, has led me into this series of going into the book of Acts, looking what the, the first church, the early church, looked like. We're, uh, the book of Acts hasn't ended. We're supposed to be the book of Acts church today, the New Testament church. Um, and every time, whenever I, I take a chapter, I read it, and I ask the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, what are you saying to us through this chapter? And that's how I approach each chapter. And as I read Acts chapter 10, the word that came out to me the first time, there's two different words that came to me, and I'll tell you about what we're going to talk about next Sunday. But the, the first, the word that came out to me whenever I was studying Acts 10, Acts 10 was the word season, was the word season. And uh, so that's the title of this message today, and th- I believe this is a prophetic word for some people that are here today, that are, that are even listening online, watching online, and this is the prophetic word, that you're stepping into a new season. You're stepping into a new season. And I'm, as we read Acts 10, here in just a little bit, I want you to see if you can see what this new season is, that the Holy Spirit illuminates in here. And um, and then you're, we're also, when I end this today, we're also going to see some, there's some Bible prophecy, even in in Acts chapter 10 as well. And I'm going to talk about that. But um, let's go ahead and, and let's read Acts 10, okay? And if you're there, I'm, I'm going to read all of it. We all we need to hear the Word of God, amen? All right, Acts chapter 10, it says, At Caesarea there was a, na- a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He was the Italian stallion. He was Rocky Balboa. Okay, I worked on that all week, and I didn't get one laugh. I'm sorry. All right, he and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. I want you to notice how the Holy Spirit, this is in the early church, the New Testament church, and God is speaking to people through visions, uh, angels, and trances. We're going to see that here in just a second. It says, one day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. And Cornelius stared at him in fear, What is it, Lord? he asked. And the angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. So I want you to understand this, that God sees your... He hears your prayers, but He also... Your gifts also move Him as well. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the tanner whose house is by the sea. And when the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants... And a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, I want you to notice this, he fell into a trance. All right, everybody say trance. It's in the Bible, okay? It's in the Bible. And I'm going to talk about this word next Sunday. Just this one word. We're going to spend a whole teaching on this word, trance. It's in the word. Um, John Wesley, if any of you have ever been in the Methodist Church, John Wesley, when he, uh, he was the founder of the Methodist Church, he was ba- basically, I'm going to say this, he was the apostle of the Methodist Church. I wish he could come back today, right now. Methodist Church needs him. Amen. needs an apostle speaking into that mess. And He, he coined the phrase... And, I, and I'm, I'm getting off on what I want to teach next Sunday. But the word trance, he coined it. And it, it uh, uh, John Wesley, and some of you probably heard this if you've been around any Pentecostal charismatic circles. He coined it as slain in the spirit. Okay? And, uh, but I'm going to show you next Sunday that it has been in the Methodist movement. It's been in the Baptist movement. It's been in the Protestant movement, the Evangelical movement, and, of course, in the Pentecostal movement movement as well. It's been in every movement, that word right there. Because it's biblical. It's God. Everybody said amen, all right? So we'll talk about that next Sunday. He says in verse 11, he says, he saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to the earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything, impure or unclean and the voice spoke to him a second time do not call anything impure that god has made clean this happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven and i can already feel a pushback from some guys in here saying "Oh, no pastor mark's going to tell us not to eat bacon (laughs) no that's not the word for today okay that's not the prophetic word for today okay they call me baconator so all right Uh, The voice spoke to him a second time, says, Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Verse 10, this happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. So when it happens three times, it's basically God saying, pay attention to this. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of this vision, The men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. Look at all the timing of all this. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, so he's came to, he's not in this trance no more. The Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. So Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for why have you come and the men replied we have come from Cornelius the Centurion he is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people and a holy angel told him to have you come to his house so that he may so that he could hear what you have to say then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests the next day Peter started out with them and some of the brothers from Joppa went along the following day he arrived in Caesarea and Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up, stand up, he said, I'm only a man myself. Talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you're well aware that it is against our law, listen to this, you're well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. So Cornelius is a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. God showed him that in that vision. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? All right. So, man, there's there's so much right there that you need to be obedient what God tells you to do no matter what, even if it goes against your traditions and everything else that you've been raised with. Verse 30 says, Cornelius answered, 'Four Four days ago I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me, and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now, we were all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and of the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, I love this, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter talking about the Jewish people were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. There's another one. It's in the it's in the New Testament. Okay? It's in the book of Acts. Speaking in tongues and praising God. That's all of that's all of God. Then Peter said, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have, so he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, Then they had, and then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. So that's Acts chapter 10. Guys, every one of us in here are Gentiles, I think so. I don't know if we have any Jewish people in here this, this morning, but... We're all Gentiles. Thank God Peter was obedient to that vision that God gave him back then or we wouldn't have the gospel today. So, theres I mean, this, this Acts chapter 10 is a, a new season that happened in the church, and that's why stepping into a new season. I want you to understand, Peter had to go against every tradition that he had been taught that you don't mingle with the Gentiles. God told him No. Um, I never said that, I don't know who made that up, but I I created all people. Yeah, I chose Abraham, Jewish people, Hebrews, all that, but this gospel is for everyone on the planet. And so thank God that Peter didn't get hung up and say, you know what, mom and dad told me not to mingle with Gentiles, and so God, I'm not going to obey you. Thank God he didn't do that, amen? Amen. And, and I, you could get off and go on all, all, you know, racism and all kinds of stuff that we got going on in our nation and in our world today. We're all created equal under the sight of God. Amen. We all have red blood flowing through our veins. And it's the blood is what gives life. And God is the one that gave us life. And so Acts 10 is this prophetic word is stepping into a new season. I hope you see the new season in Acts 10 whenever... The gospel wasn't just for the Jewish people, but it's for Gentiles. It's for everyone in the whole world. And then we're going to see here in just a little bit some Bible prophecy at the end of this. But I'm going to talk about a natural season here for just a second. How, what, what natural season are we in right now? Fall. Yeah, we're in fall, right? Well, some days we're in fall. Some days it's summer. I don't, you know. Uh, but we're in, a, we're in fall, and how you know that is just because of the calendar, you know, by, by observing things outside. Here's just some instances or some things about fall what season or when. Leaves change color. Here in Oklahoma, you got to watch them when they change color because the next day they could be gone because of the wind. Wind blows them off. That just makes me so mad. I'm like, God, why'd you do that? Why is Oklahoma so windy? So leaves change color. Uh, leaves fall from trees, cooler weather. Acorns and pine cones fall on the ground, squirrels gathering seeds and nuts. Some birds migrate south. We was watching some birds yesterday in their migration with the, the grandkids. And so those are the, that's the season that we're in, and we all know that. And we, we say, okay, we're in fall. And so just like in the natural, we have four seasons. In the spiritual, I believe that we have four seasons as well. And you might want to write these down real quick. This is not the whole teaching today, but this is just some little nugget for you. Um, there's just what, and it all starts with the W. So it's a preacher thing. Four seasons. There's the wilderness season. There's a warring season. W A R R I N G. There's a waiting season, and then there's a winning season. So there's wilderness, warring, waiting, and winning. You might want to post and tweet that. You can do that. I'll let you do that during church. Waiting, wilderness, warring, and winning. Now, I want you to write this down somewhere, because you're going to need this. You may not be in... You may, I, I think by the time that we get done with this message today, you're going to know what season you're in. Okay? You're going to Some of you know what season you're in. Some of you don't. Some of you are going to be made aware of what season that you're in after we get done with this message today. But here's what I want you to do, okay? Be aware... Of what season you're in, that's number one. Number two is this is a big one. Give yourself grace to be there. Some of you haven't been giving yourself grace, and so what? What happens is when you're not giving yourself grace for whatever season that you're in, you start becoming unsettled. And God's saying, "I, you know, stay put, wait, whatever it is, warring, whatever season that you're in." I want you just to get settled in it, not unsettled. Because unsettled, you're just your frenzy. Your, you know, your mind's going rampant. You're thinking about. Uh, I want to be in a winning season. God, he says, no, I have got you in a waiting season. All right, and so then you're then so every day you're getting up. I want to be in a winning season. God says, no, you're in a waiting season. I want to be in a winning season. Now you're in a waiting season. And so so when you're in that waiting season, you've got to give yourself grace to be there. Because if you don't give yourself grace, then everybody around you is going to know, he ain't got grace, <laughs> you know, or she ain't got grace. Uh, I know that's not good grammar, but I'm talking like a redneck up here today. So, so let me just give you a rundown of each one of these seasons so you understand what's going on in each one of these seasons. And I've done it too, guys. i tell you, I've got conf- seasons confused, um, and, and it's not fun when you get them confused. All right, and so that's when you have to pray the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you doing in me right now and around me so that I can just be content in what season I'm in? You know, we all want to be in a winning season, right? Every one of us in here are winners anyway, okay? Get that down in your spirit right now. No matter what season you're in, you're already a winner, okay? You may not be in a winning season today, but here's the deal. You don't live your whole life on this planet. We came to church to hear this today. You don't live your whole life on this planet in a winning season. You just don't. I wish we did, but there's seasons just like in the natural. It's not summer all the time. We don't live in Hawaii or wherever you know, wherever that happens at. Uh, but here's what happens in a wilderness season. In a wilderness season, you're in training. Okay, That's what happens in a wilderness season. You're in training. Here's, here's the deal about giving yourself grace when you're in that season. is because sometimes the enemy will come in and say, you know what? God's punishing you. No, he's not. You're in training. He's preparing you, okay? God's not punishing you. You're there because you're in training. Here's the warring season. In the warring season, I think one of the greatest lessons that I learned, you know, spiritual warfare, there's prayer. There's all those things, praise and worship. But one of the things that I think that I learned the most in warring seasons is that my battle, that my battle is not against flesh and blood. Because the enemy uses people to come against you. He'll even use Christian people that's opened themselves up to it. And so then you have to realize, God, I'm not battling against flesh and, against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. Here's the, the waiting period. The waiting period is when you're resting when you're healing and preparing. It's real quiet in here today. <laughs> a lot of you are in the waiting period, and you're in that waiting room, it's, and it's where God just says, I want you to give yourself grace to be there, and I want you to rest. I want you to heal, and I'm also going to do some more training and preparing, but I just mainly want you to rest and heal up. Okay. There was a time, some some of you are on um, I got in this mode one time, and I have to fight against this a lot, about performing for God. It's like, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. And one day, um, in the history of our church, and some of you remember this time period, I know Dusty does, Dusty will never forget it, but, um, and Mark Ward, but I was told by our oversight, Mark, you need to take off for three months. I was like, I can't do that. You know, I can't take off for a month. I can't take off for maybe two Sundays. And then I need to get back in the pulpit. No. We're gonna make you take off for three months because you've got into this they didn't come out and tell me this, but I learned this in my three months. You've got into this performance mentality, performing for God. And you gotta get out of it. God just God just wants you to be a son. You're his son, first and foremost. Yeah, I'm a pastor, but that's that's all this and so I got caught up in this performing for God, and they, they caused me to wait for three months. And, uh, and I'm telling you what, you talk about a flesh fry. I didn't know how much I was pastoring in the flesh. My guys performing and doing all these things. And, God said, and during that time, God said, Mark, uh, what if I tell you not to go back to the church? I was like, oh, surely not. You know? He's like, what if I do? You know? And he said, you're my son. I just, I just want a relationship with you. I don't need you to perform. I can save the world tomorrow. And the greatest revelation I got during that three months was, and, and I know this is going to sound bad because God loves me, but I, I found out that God don't need me performing. He just needs me to be a son and have a relationship with him. And so that was what I learned during that, that waiting time. Now, I'm going to promise you, I even had some warning times during that time because I had some people within the church call me and say, uh, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm taking three months off because my oversight told me to do that. Oh, my gosh, the church ain't going to be here when you get back. And I, somebody told me that, and I was like, "If the..." Ch-, and I told them this. I said, if the church isn't here when I get back, then it wasn't of God. It was all of me. And uh, they didn't say much after that, but... Um, but that was my response because God had already told me that because I already had that question flow. I was like, "Oh my gosh, the church ain't gonna be here." And God was like, "Mark, do you think that much of yourself <laughs> that the church ain't? Yeah." And I was like, "Well, yeah, I do, kind of." do God, you know, He's like, "Well, you need to kill that." And I'm gonna talk about that here in just a second. All right, winning, and then the winning is you know that's the harvest time seasons where everything's just clicking and. You're having a good time. And here's what I love about when I was writing these down, I was like, Lord, I think I've experienced all four seasons in one day. <laughs> Just like in Oklahoma, you know, we experience all four so You can do it in the spirit, too. You have experience all four of those seasons in one day. The key here that I want you to write out by those four seasons, the key for every season that you're in is humility. It's huge, it's huge humility. Be humble. I can remember when God told us to plant the church here in in Leedy. The first thing that God told me he said, Mark, you're going to have ample opportunity to be to make yourself humble. <laughs> and, it, and 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 uh, and I'm we're not born humble. We have to learn it. You have to learn humility. And so if you're and if you're taking notes, once you write down three things underneath humility, is uh, I learned this from a pastor friend of mine, and it's so good. He was saying um, this was some of the things that the Lord had taught him through COVID because he got caught up in that performance mentality. And uh, he said, being humble, obviously, God wants us to be humble during seasons of success. You've got to always deflate. All the glory goes to God. Don't ever let the enemy trip you up and say, I'm, I'm receiving the glory for this or what God's doing or Whatever. All glory goes to God all the time. The second one, and this is a little harder for me, <laughs> uh, is when you're suffering. Being humble when you're suffering. Okay. I'm, I'm going to make a little side note here just to help us loosen up a little bit. Um, make a joke about this and suffering. It can go so small as this. God began to, and he still does, because I'm my family will tell you I, they know I'm not perfect in this. And God always, you know, talks to me when this starts happening. But whenever I'm in line at Walmart, and they've only got two checkers, and there's 18 lanes, okay? And I refuse, I'm sorry, and this may be where I need to have another kick in of humility. I refuse to go through the self-checkout, you know? Because there was one time I started checking out in the self-checkout. I could not do it right. And a little girl that was in there overseeing the self-checkout kept coming over to help me. And kept co- and I, I finally just, I told Jazz, like, we finally got out of there. And I told Jazz, like, I just wanted to tell her, can you go open that lane and just check me out? You know, because obviously I can't do it myself. You know, and, uh, and, <laughs> and I know that's a small part of suffering. But the Lord is like, can you, can you do this without getting an attitude? Can you, can you walk through this without getting an attitude? And I'm like, Lord, I am trying. Another another one is whenever people cut me off in traffic. Yeah. Ooh. Cut me off in traffic, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna tell off of myself again. I'm on the on the interstate. If you come back to to Leedy from the interstate, coming back from the city, there's a Bridge that they've got one lane on, so it backs it up forever, right? So you have to get over into the left lane. They tell you, miles up the road, get into the left lane. But you always have several people that try to, you know, go down the right side, right? And I'm sitting there watching them, and I'm looking in my rearview mirror, and I'm like, I'm fixing to just... And God is my witness. there was a There was a redneck behind me that had the same idea, and he pulled over into the right lane and stopped it all from happening and kept going... I was like, praise God, thank you, brother. And, uh, but I have been in those situations where I'm like, son of, son of the most high God. <laughs> you know, I've been in those situations. And, uh, but guys, and I know that's a little part of suffering, but it, and I'm making light of it. But God, God uses those situations to teach you about your attitude and your behavior. He really does. There's times where I don't think Jada appreciates me enough right and god's like mark what do you does she have to have a cheerleading uniform on all the time i'm like yes she does you know no mark you need to, <laughs> you need to get your encouragement from me from god you know and uh, so that's part of that that suffering and being humble in that being humble in that the other one the other s is uh the third s is seduction and what that means is is there's so many there's so many things that are trying to seduce you to distract you from your relationship with God, and you've got to be aware of that and humble enough to say this is something that's distracting me, and I need to, I need to, you know, keep my focus on the Lord. It can be anything, and um, and so don't let that the spirit of seduction. And it's um, I think it was the book of James calls it adulterous generation. And it's not talking about people getting caught up in adultery. It's just saying that your affections are going elsewhere and you're being distracted instead of with your relationship with God. And you've got to be humble enough to wear that so that you can get yourself back in to line. And everybody said amen. All right, here's my four points for today about what, out of Acts, Acts 10, what I want to tell you today is that here's the first one. God prepares you for a new season through prayer. Okay. God prepares you, and I put you in quotations, because he's not talking to anybody else but you, for a new season through prayer. This is Acts 10, 1 and 2, and verse 9. 1 and 2 talks about where Cornelius was he was praying. Verse 9 talks about where Peter was praying. Two men praying, you know. God talks to one through an angel, the other one through a vision, falls into a trance. He's slaying the spirit. He has this vision. God speaks to them both and brings the gospel to the Gentiles. Okay, but it all happened through prayer. It all happened through prayer. So that's how God prepares you for a new season through prayer. We had um, uh, Cameron and Taya came over last night, stayed the night with us. It's always fun when they come to the house. We live in a one-bedroom, one-bath house. Over at Foss, and man, it is—it's awesome. We have a blow-up bed, a pull-out sofa. It—we we know each other well. Okay, I promise you, we're family, but we know each other well. And it's crazy when you're trying to get two toddlers ready for, I I I I feel your pain out there, parents. You know, that's got the little toddlers getting ready for church, in the morning, because we had meltdowns this morning. I'm trying. I'm even trying to go over my notes. You know, they're in the house, and I'm like, it ain't it ain't working. I even put in earplugs trying to. You know, help myself, and it just—it still didn't work. Um, But we had them come over last night, and we'd bought some steaks, and we cooked that on the grill, and we were celebrating a new season for Tay and Cameron. And I asked them if I could share just a little bit of it today. And I'm not going to steal their thunder. And I can't release all of it, Uh, but uh, they've been praying about something for quite a while, and um, and I've seen things happen where it caused disappointment and frustration you know the door didn't open up that they thought was the right door and and all these things and they've been in this um, this waiting season for quite a while yeah two and a half he knows exactly he knows it down to the day two and a half years they've been in this waiting season and Jade and I've been praying for them as we know they're our kids we we know what they're going through we pray for them every day and just lord just you know teach them patience and and I know they're in this waiting season, but you've got something better for them, and we know all that, and we trust you, God. Well, this something better has come along. just going to tell you that, but what happened in Tay and Cameron is, um, and I, I know that they don't mind me sharing this, but because uh, I know I talk to my daughter a lot. Cameron don't even know how much my daughter calls me and vents to, to daddy, but I knew that they were having a lot of frustration, and when you're going through that waiting season, something that can come on you is the spirit of complaining. So all you're doing, you're you're complaining more than you're praying, and you're not you're not giving yourself grace to be in that season. And so I, I see a lot of elbows happening in here today, and uh, and so they they've been in this season for a while, and uh, you know, and, I, and every time Tay would call me, and I would just just try to do my best as her daddy to en- encourage her. And everything, But what happened was they went to a marriage conference that Pastor Cody Anderson and Pastor Lawrence, Lawrence Neeson, the man that had ministered here a few months ago, their churches got together and put on a marriage conference in Oklahoma City. Now, they didn't open it up to a whole bunch of people, but um, Taya and Cameron got invited to come to that, and they went, and God did something in them at that conference and said, what you need to do instead of griping, murmuring, and complaining about this season, you need to pray. You need to come together as a couple and pray. And so, and then they said, then you need to fast, pray and fast. And they said, well, we we decided we're going to fast Netflix, okay? You don't just have to fast food, all right? Because they said Netflix was taking our time away from ourselves together and praying together and stuff. And so they, and I've watched this, you know, being father-in-law and dad standing on the outside as they got together and really honed in and stopped the murmuring and complaining and griping and all that and really started praying and boom, the new season opened up. So I think sometimes we can, with that I'm going to say this, I think sometimes we can, we hinder ourselves by staying in the season too long because we're not crucifying our flesh and getting it under control and, and praying and letting the Holy Spirit do His work in us been there done that got the t-shirt and the cap okay so they're they're stepping into a new season and everybody said amen all right here's number two God has perfect timing for your new season that's acts 10 3 9 17 23 and 30 and so there's my auctioneer for you um, it's uh, the acts 10 3 9 17 23 30 when you look at those scriptures you're going to see that there was the I love how Luke, the, God, this, the book of Acts was written by Luke. And it's like, it's like a continuation of the book of Luke, of the book of Acts. But in Acts 10, when he's talking about, he's very specific that, you know, three in the afternoon they're praying, they're, you know, the next day, four days later. So there's a perfect timing for your new season. Now here's the deal. You need to trust God with that timing. And everybody said... Some of you have a sense when that timing is going to be of your new season. If you have that sense, then have grace for yourself in the season that you're in. Amen? Okay. So God has a perfect timing for your new season, and you need to trust him with that. Okay? Here's number three. God brings a new season by giving you a new perspective. This was in Acts 10, what we just read about. Remember about the sheet coming down from heaven? And it was all the unclean animals. And Peter's like, Lord, I don't eat any of that kind of stuff. And he's like, hey, don't be calling stuff unclean that I've made clean. I've created all things for mankind. And, uh, and it's, it's amazing to me how when I start studying a particular passage of Scripture, and I start getting down into it, that that very week, God will bring somebody across my path to bring out more of that passage of Scripture. And I met a gentleman this past week that uh, goes to an, another church, he believes in Jesus. And I told him, I said, that's the, main, that's the most important thing. If you believe in Jesus, then we can have fellowship together. If you believe Jesus is the Son of God, and he does. But he's got caught up on this. And he's got caught up on the dietary laws, okay? In the, in the, uh, and I'm going to tell you right now, this pastor's eating bacon, okay? I love my Bacon. And, Ma- and I'm going to give you this scripture Mark chapter 7 verses 18 through 19. Here's the deal. I don't get into debates with people over stuff like that, okay? If you want to be a vegan, God bless you. All right. But I'm going to eat meat. Meat and taters right here. And everybody said, "Amen." All right. Because it's amazing to me how mu- how much people get into com- in you know debates over stuff like this. And in Mark chapter 7 verses 18 through 19, this is Jesus speaking. He says, "Are you so dull?" he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. And everybody said, Amen. Okay, and so, the reason why I went back to the book of Mark and read this for you is because Peter heard that that day. He was a disciple, okay? He heard Jesus say that, but in his culture, in his tradition, he was caught up in that and making the word of none effect, of no effect, and it was, it was hindering him from even uh, having fellowship with Gentiles, his tradition. Guys, there's going to be people saved in these last days It's going to blow your mind how God's going to move, and we're going to have to accept everybody that God saves because they're going to be coming out of all kinds of walks of life. And we've got to be there to help clean them up, help help the Holy Spirit clean them up, I should say. But, um, and I love how Jesus put it, for it doesn't go into their hearts, but into their stomach and then out of the body, okay? I hope you can translate that, what all that means. He was just very nice in how he said that, okay? <laughs> all right, I'm just going to leave it at that. John chapter 5, verse 19 says, Jesus gave them this answer, Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. So Jesus was so in step with his father that he always knew what season he was in. You can too, if we stay hooked up with the father in relationship with him. I want to show you a, a... his wilderness time. His wilderness says Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit left the Jordan after he was baptized and was led by the Spirit. Notice the Spirit took him into the wilderness for training. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. Went from wilderness to winning. Okay? Because during that wilderness time there was a warring time. There was also waiting that went on in that. And uh, it says in Acts 10 verse 38 it says that Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Now, if we take that scripture at what it says, every sickness comes from Satan. Okay? Uh, God doesn't cause people to get sick. There's no sickness in heaven. What causes sickness down here is the enemy. And I'm going to just give you three things real quickly. Because the reason why I'm doing this, guys, is because This is what helped me. This changed the way that I prayed for people when I realized that God don't cause people to get sick. Okay? God don't put cancer on people. God don't do this. The enemy does. And so, therefore, it is God's will for that person to be healed. So I don't have to pray. I don't have to say, God, if it's your will, heal this person. It is his will. He needs you to pray for him. And so... Just three things real quick about this. Satan caused sickness directly. He can cause it directly. He can cause it indirectly. Satan indirectly uses natural results of a fallen sinful world to cause sickness. There's so much going on in our environment today and different things and uh, in the earth and just all kinds of stuff. But he's indirectly using the natural results of the fall to cause us to get sick. Okay? So it all comes from him. The third thing is is Satan tempts people to fall into sin that results in sickness and suffering. And so there's the three areas, but it all comes back to him. And when you're praying, if it, here's another st- stat for you. In the book of Mark, where it talks about a whole lot of healings that go on, when you go through there and study the book of Mark, 25% of when Jesus healed people, 25% of them was a direct result of Satan. Meaning Jesus didn't talk to the sickness, he talked to the enemy. And said, "Spirit of infirmity, leave!" In Jesus' name. We we've got hospitals packed with people. The spirit of infirmity is running rampant in America, and I'm going sh- to listen. We're going to listen to a video before we go today because everybody needs to hear this this word. Number four. This is my last one. This is where we're going to get into the um, the Bible prophecy. It says God brings a new season in order to work powerfully. In the lives of other people. So I want you to notice that God started with Cornelius and with Peter. And then when it ended up, he, when Peter went to Cornelius' house, many people got saved. And then, but it also, the gospel spread to the Gentiles. So it started with one person and ended with many other people. That's how God, God works. God brings a new season in your life in order to work powerfully in the lives of other people. This new season that my my son-in-law and my daughter's stepping into, it's not just for them; it's for us too, and it's for the little ones. Amen. I mean, God sees their future and what's going on with them. Okay. Now I'm going to read a scripture to you, and this is Bible prophecy because a lot of people thought Jesus was coming back in September. Okay, we don't know when He's coming back. All right, um, I'm not setting any dates, but there's there's something in in this passage that brought out something that made me remember Romans 11:25. We're Gentiles, right? Okay. Thank God. Thank God Peter was obedient to that vision after he came out of a trance. He didn't say, "What was that?" You know, he said, "Lord, I'm going to be obedient to that." Romans 11:25 says, "I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conCeited." This is the apostle Paul talking. Israel has experienced a hardening in part. Okay, we can. Get, God has allowed this to happen for the children of Israel to be hardened in their hearts. Hardening in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. When's the full number of the Gentiles? I don't know. Only God the Father knows that. But when the full number has come into the fold, has got saved, when the full number has got saved, whatever. However God's tallying that up in heaven, that's when the end's gonna happen. That's when the rapture's gonna happen and all that good stuff. And I believe that we're closer now than we've ever been. We're closer today than we've ever been. Now, this is I hope this has helped you today about stepping into a new season and next week we're gonna we're gonna look at more of of I'm gonna dive into that word about the trance because that's a biblical word. It literally happened in the book of Acts. And we're going to study about that, and I'm going to show you that in the Word of God. But there's a, there's a video here that we're going to listen to by, this is Pastor John Kilpatrick. Some of you in here know him. Um, some of you never heard of him before, and I'm just going to give a little, while they're bringing that up and getting ready to play, I'm going to tell you how I met Pastor John Kilpatrick. I actually went to one of his services back during the Pensacola Revival. Jade and I drove 16 hours all the way to Florida to go to this Revival. It was uh, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, um, you know, like I've never seen before. A lot of churches tried to copycat it. We're not going to copycat. We want the real thing, okay? And this was the real thing. In fact, we were there for a few days going to services, and just people lined up out the doors, signs, wonders, and miracles happening in every service. People lined up out the doors. Even in that community of Pensacola, Florida, um, they were changing the culture there. It wasn't just something happening inside the church. It was happening outside of the church as well. We went to several restaurants. I can remember going into restaurants and looking over here in the restaurant. There would be people around a table. and They're all sitting around reading their Bible. You know, I mean, just that kind of stuff was going on in this whole community. And we, we sat with people. There were people coming there from all over the world. There were some people that we sat with from Sweden that was sitting behind us. And uh, they had interpreters and stuff. I mean, it was... It was just a sovereign move of the Holy Spirit. Now, what started this was uh, this church had been praying for it and asking God for this outpouring. And um, I know if if Pastor John was here, I'm sure he would say some things of how they could have sustained it and stuff. But uh, uh, it's neither here nor there. There was was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He still goes around and ministers and preaches and teaches. uh, And he had this this uh, dream vision here last month in October, and it's called the wind. And I just want you to listen to this word and I'm gonna come up and I'll close this out this morning.
1: On October the 18th, 2022, I had a dream In the dream, I was walking along a particular boulevard in London, and a man walked up to me and said, Pastor Kilpatrick, it's so good to see you. And he introduced himself and asked us to pray for a well-known apostolic leader of a significant church body in England. The apostolic leader was lying on a cot right there on the street. And several of us gathered around him and i asked what was wrong with the man and how we should pray and they said he's suffering from a spirit of infirmity and i was not expecting that answer but we began to fervently pray right there for him on the street all of a sudden something popped and snapped and that spirit just snapped right off of it he was released from the spirit of infirmity he immediately began to improve to the point that he fully recovered and was up walking around in no time. Those nearby that heard me pray over him, and they also heard the pop, were caught off guard and amazed that the spirit of infirmity had popped off of them too. A strong wind began to blow on the streets of London, whipping through the city. It was not a destructive wind, but a strong supernatural wind. And I remember seeing the giant Ferris wheel called the London Eye. It's been credited with sparking a worldwide revival of Ferris wheel constructions. No power was hooked up to that Ferris wheel, but it began to turn. It wasn't operational by the power of a motor. The giant wheel was rotating by the power of the supernatural wind that was blowing from heaven. The ministers and religious leaders wanted to make sure that the people knew that the wind was not manufactured, so they brought other mechanisms on the sides of the streets to prove to the people that the power of the wind was not generated by man, but was a supernatural wind of the Spirit of God. They were very protective of the power of the Holy Spirit gripping their city, and they wanted nothing to distract from this wind of the Spirit. And I could see from a high vantage point that tens of thousands of people, maybe hundreds of thousands of people were gathering in the streets below. The sight was stunning and the sounds were deafening. What was equally amazing was others on the streets were released simultaneously from the spirit of infirmity. And suddenly healings, miracles, began to spread all along the streets quickly. Societal rejects, outcasts that didn't fit in because of their strange looks, began to come out of the buildings into the streets to see what was happening. Loud praises erupted as people started glorifying God in greater and greater numbers. It seemed revival had broken out right there on the streets of London. People emptied out of the hospitals into the streets with their gowns on and their IVs attached. They were glorifying God because they were instantly healed. Then I saw a sight that I'll never forget. Have you ever been driving through the country on a cold winter day and seen a vast number of birds rise up off the ground and fly together? You see their solid dark colors swim in the sky like a cloud, then in unison they will turn and it almost looks like they've disappeared. Well, in my dream, I looked up above the streets of London in the sky, and I saw the same type display, but I feel sure it wasn't birds. It appeared more like a vast number of evil spirits, almost like bats lifting off the city. I heard voices crying out from the streets, look, COVID is lifting, look. The plague is lifting off our city. And a deafening roar of praise broke out as the long dark night of the soul was finally broken off the city. I looked over and was startled to see the recently deceased queen. She stepped out from the shadows. She was rejoicing and weeping and saying, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. I prayed for this to happen for so many years and I'm so thankful that I have been allowed to see this. I wish it could have happened while I was still queen. As I awakened from my dream, I looked across my dark bedroom and my digital clock read 5.55. I really believe I had a God dream. I was trembling with great excitement on the inside, wondering what the purpose of the dream was. Well, I feel in my heart this is why I had the dream. I believe healings are about to break forth in the mighty name of Jesus. These healings will take place in large cities and small, in churches, fellowships, prayer gatherings throughout the nations of the earth. The satanic grip of the spirit of infirmity and the crippling spirit of depression and heaviness that came with covid is now lifting in the book of acts chapter 2 there was also the distinct sound of a powerful wind acts 2 said and when the day of pentecost was fully come They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Let it be so, Lord Jesus. On this day, October the 23rd, 2022, I want to boldly make this proclamation. The spirit of infirmity is being broken. I also declare in Jesus' mighty name that healings and miracles be loosed. May this powerful wind of the Holy Spirit blow upon us all.
0: Amen. How many of you say amen to that word? I say amen to that as well. And I hope that you know what your pastor is doing is I'm trying to get us all together as a church, believing and praying for this third great awakening to happen. Because our country needs it, our, this little town in Leedy needs it, this western Oklahoma needs it, Oklahoma needs it, the whole United States needs it, and the world needs it. And I want, it, I want us to be what he just prophesied about, one of the, the little small church in a small city where the Spirit of God is working like that. But it's going to take all of us praying for it, and believing for it. Amen? And uh, and so what I've been trying to do is teach you through the Word uh, so you can see it and know when it happens that it's God, it's not man, and we're going to give God all the glory. And everybody said amen. Everybody ready for it? Because it's about to happen, guys. I don't know when God's going to start it, but w- when, we, when He does, here's what's what we're going to know. Everybody in this room and those watching online are going to know that it's God Almighty. And it's not going to be anybody up here on a platform getting praise and glory for it. It's going to be him getting glory for it. Amen. All right, I want everybody to stand up here this morning. And uh, first thing I want to do is I do this every Sunday to make sure that everybody here under the sound of my voice and those that are watching online and those that are listening on the radio, that you know who Jesus is, that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so I want to lead you in a prayer of salvation. And even if you are saved, I want you to repeat this prayer to me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe you are the Son of God. And you died on the cross for me. And rose again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins. And create a clean heart in me. Renew my spirit so I can hear your voice. I accept you as my Savior. You are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. And everybody said, Amen. All right, now I want to speak a blessing over you today. Jada, will you come up here with me? And uh, this is out of Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. How many of you are stepping into a new season? Amen. How many of you are giving yourself grace for the season that you're in right now? Okay, good. All right. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you, and may the Lord give you his peace. May the Lord bless your going out and your coming in today. May the Lord anoint you to to fulfill the divine destiny that God has given to you. May everything that is brought against you be crushed by the protection that God himself shall provide. May you be blessed in your health. May you be blessed in your relationships. May your children and your children's children be blessed because they're the heritage of the righteous from this day forward as you submit yourselves to the Christ of the cross. May your lives be filled with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and with peace that surpasses all understanding. May your home, as the word of God says, be as the days of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it. And everybody said amen. Hug somebody's neck and say, you're stepping into a new season. Amen.